The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome back to Utah Symphony Utah Opera's Ghost Light Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look into the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm Jeff Counts. And I'm Carol Anderson. Opera casts include the usual suspects, principal and supporting singers and chorus, but an often overlooked component of many opera productions is the group of supernumeraries, or we call them supers. Supernumerary in the dictionary is defined as extra, and supers are in fact extras in the opera performance, adding dramatic presence, but not singing or speaking any text. We are joined today by veteran supers of the Utah Opera, Dominic Barsi and Steve Moga, who will today break their silence to talk about their role in opera. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure I want the secret to get out, actually, but um, I guess we'll roll with it. It's great to have you both here. We've talked to lots of people in the Utah opera world, and this is the first supers we've had on Carol, so I'm really excited to hear from them. As Carol said, you don't usually get a voice, so take advantage of this, guys. So, (laughs) Stephen Dominic, so can you tell us how you first became involved as supers at Utah opera, and do you have any prior thoughts? theater or musical theater experience? We had a, uh, my family had a friend uh, over for Christmas dinner as Aida was coming into production. And he asked, as I was showing him a piano that I was refinishing out in the garage, uh, he mentioned to me, he's in the Utah Opera Chorus. Would I be interested in participating as an extra? He didn't say supernumerary. And I said, I would absolutely love it. Not only had I never been to an opera, I had never listened to an entire opera. So (laughs) it's something I always wanted to do being of Italian descent. I'm like, this is perfect. So I was invited to come on board, and it has been a ride ever since. I've loved every minute. So you didn't come to this as an opera fan? No. Wow, you've become one since, I'm sure. Absolutely. Wow. But it was genetic. You said that you're Italian. I think it was so. genetic, Carol. Thank you, yes. It's in your blood. What about you, Steve? Um, my journey's much more convoluted. Um, I lived in Chicago uh, back in the 90s, and I was a, uh, you know, I've always believed in civic engagement, being part of, of the city and um, volunteering. So I, was, I worked as a docent and other, other activities, and I saw an ad in the Chicago Reader for um, supers for, the, um, uh, for Faust. Uh. And so I was, I was like, gosh, this is great. I can not only go and see, see an opera, but I can be part of it. And so as things have progressed, you you learn that opera is both it's a good thing to be into supernumerary and it has its drawbacks too uh, you don't really see an entire opera as uh, as it's staged you see bits and pieces of your it. bits and pieces the ones yes. that you're in yeah yes so um i i went and i was i was hooked i had i had seen several operas before i was kind of a, a fan i'd sit up in the rafters and i thought this would be a great great way to get to experience the operas do either one of you have any theater experience prior to this dominic what about you I have a lot of musical experience. Uh-huh. I, I, I wouldn't say theater experience. Uh, being involved in acting uh, on, on film, they don't like to call that theater. Right. Um, so I want right. to make sure I keep my vernacular Stay proper. in your lane, Dominic. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, you, Steve? Any theater experience? No. no. Yeah. So supers don't really get the glory in the production. Often you're considered almost animated scenery in a way or spear carriers is another word that we use sometimes we to ornaments ornaments well you're very ornamental both of you but so what <laughs> is your favorite part about being in the opera production is it part of the rehearsal is it the performance my experience the first rehearsal carol 
Uh, having uh, b being a piano player myself, uh, no nowhere in the league of you, but I asked if I could sit next to you while they were you were rehearsing. It was I think it was Act Two, Scene Two in Aida. I remember and it this. It was a epic, epic scene, and this is my first exposure to opera live. So as I walked in or sat with you as this music was filling the room, what stood out to me was I wasn't hearing it, I was feeling it. Your fingers and hands are going a mile a minute, turning the page, and the room was erupting. And I got emotional. It, it struck me in my soul. And I was like, what have I been missing? Oh my gosh, that, that struck me and pulled me in. And I love that I've been in ever since. I don't even know if that answers the question. It really no, does. And I often introduce Carol to people as an orchestra. Absolutely. Because that's what she is. Well, let, back to the subject <laughs> at hand. Steve, what do you enjoy the most? The entire process is really, really neat. I like watching the sausage being made. Mm -hmm. um, it's, the, it's a phrase you used previously. I, I really enjoy watching the director pull all those pieces together. And I'm... I'm really not there for the applause at the end. It's it's not about that. It's about getting to know the really wonderful people in the chorus and and getting to know everyone who works here too. Um, because there's so much that goes on beyond behind the scenes that you never see when you're sitting out in the audience. I love that one of you chose a micro answer and the other chose a macro answer. I think that's really great. I, I love the way you're both approaching this from different places. You really do. You really do. Um, Dominic, I know you're super career started with Utah Opera, but as you mentioned, Steve, you had this prior life with the Chicago Lyric, another fantastic company. So do you guys keep count? How many productions have you been involved with to date? What's your, what's your 18, 18 between the two companies? Yes. Wow. How about you, Dominic? I've been in seven, seven. And I absolutely keep track. And you're, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you guys are chasing Federer's record or something. You both want to get to 20 to see who gets there first. It's something that, how many more operas do I have in me? You know, <laughs> so I'm always happy and thrilled to be a part of it. And sometimes it's a really small part. Sometimes it's a um, the worst thing a director can say to a supernumerary is be a statue and stand over there for the next thirty minutes holding a, a, a twelve picture. A picture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's probably not what you want to hear, but sometimes you do. No, you yeah. do you do it, and you say, "Okay, thank you, I appreciate this." I have a story about that. I'm the emotional one. I get all into this during Lucia de Lammermoor. We this is a show where we really were statues. Just hold this picture and stand there. We had to put on wigs. We had awesome costumes, and we just stood. I was practically shoved into the side stage behind the curtain. No one could see me, but I was emotionally moved. Every single night, listening to Ab, do I say her name? Is it Rethwich? Rethwich. 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 Yeah. She absolutely. She's been on the show, by the way. Blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. Every single night, and I find myself. I love that I'm not on center stage because I've got tears running down my face, listening to what she can emote. Yeah. And then as the chorus backs it up, it's it's so powerful. I don't care that I'm a statue. Who gets to stand on this stage next to that talent? and really experience it from that point of view. Yeah. I feel so incredibly lucky. I can tell you, Dominic, that I've, I've sat in the audience for a lot of opera performances, a lot of Utah opera performances, and this thing that you're feeling, this thing that's happening to you on 
stage, people in the audience can see it. They really do. They pay attention to all of you. It's absolutely part of the show. So never wow. think that you're being hidden. You're, you're, you're right out there with everybody else. It was great to have Abby on the show because, as I recall, Carol, correct me, but that was a pinch hit situation for her, yeah, right? Yeah, she stepped in at the last minute. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Did yes. you feel that? We was, did that change the energy? When we saw her come down the stairs. Yes. Right. So you're like, that's not who and we were expecting. It was a performance. <laughs> right. It was opening night. Right. And, or, or maybe it was, no, it was a dress, dress rehearsal. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. just looked at each other like, where did that come from? That, yeah, it was just, and what that, that calls back to what Steve was saying about the detail and all the behind the scenes. So obviously people knew about Abby just because we didn't. We were out there in rehearsal with the principles that they handed us, knowing that this is going on as a backup. Yeah. And that love, that caliber of backup, I, yeah. I struggled to find the right words. It was, it was so Im impacting. What is maybe the strangest thing you've ever had to do as a super? I mean, I've seen I've seen you be great statues. I've seen you <laughs> carry been, all sorts. We've of been through the holding the picture things, bit. What, the holding the picture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so have you ever had a role as a super that was just so bizarre? In uh, Idomeneo, with uh, in Chicago, Placido, in, in Chicago with Placido Domingo, mm -hmm. they literally coat your entire body but um, a small skirt with with chalk and you are covered with body paint from head to toe and it is just the most horrible stuff because you can spend days scrubbing this body paint off and i am just it just it is itchy and, <laughs> and and dries out your skin and so that was probably one of the worst worst experiences i ever had was just I, I covered from head to toe. With Did this. you have to move a lot, or were um, you? Uh, we, you do. You yeah. move quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, we, the, the probably the ultimate piece is that there's a um, he, he sings um, an aria late in late in the piece, and you walk down the stairs, standing right right next to him, flanking him on both sides, and that was that was pretty that was pretty darn neat. That's that's quite the. I mean, I it's one of those situations where I'm like. Pinch me, pinch yeah. me, because I can't believe this is happening. Standing next to somebody of that caliber, it's maybe yes. worth it to be covered in chalk. Yes, <laughs> right. I have two stories that come to mind in response to that question. The first one was in Aida. I was a member of a four-man carrying group, and we had to pick up a performer while she was singing. We were on a raked stage, meaning sloped, for those who don't know, raked, um, we're wearing sandals and rubber sandals at that. So if your feet sweat at all, there's a bit of slipperiness to that. Um, that was nerve wracking. I don't know if it was strange, <laughs> but every night we were, we were all dialed in because she's busy performing and the four of us had to lock eyes and know when to lift or when to put down, etc. That was quite an experience. Was that Selena Schaefer, Carol? <laughs> No, she's been she's been she's picked been up and carried so air. many times. No, I can't remember. Was that Jenny Check the Aida? Or was that the Omneris? Omneris. It was Omneris. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think back to that show. That was in 2013. 16. 16. Oof. They all run together. 16. Yeah, 2016. It quite, it's, it was, it's here on Steve's resume, all right. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at this list um, for you, Steve, and I can imagine that your list in, in terms of the Utah opera stuff is similar, Dominic. And I'm wondering, for both of you, is there an opera that you're dying to perform in, something that you haven't gotten to do yet that you really want to? I want to do Barbara of Seville. Barbara, yeah? I would love to be involved in that. What about you, um, Steve? You know, I... Uh, 
I, I was listening to the overture to Lohengrin, Lohengrin. Yeah, yeah. Lohengrin the other night, and it's so gorgeous. And I was like, oh, you know, if I was in charge of programming here, I would be in big trouble because it would veer so wild, wildly. Yeah. As I, I would, I'd love to be in at least one Wagner before it's all said and done. Okay, so a number of times you're part of a big crowd scene with the chorus and you're maybe some actions going on downstage and you're asked to provide some local color and interaction in the background, but you can't actually say words because you can't talk louder than what's happening. So what are y'all actually doing back there? I'm trying to distract or make somebody laugh is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> That's what um, I'd be doing. I'm so glad yeah, to hear it's that. Silly. <laughs> I, I, two, two stand out. The first one was during uh, Don Giovanni. Um, I was instructed to come across stage and tell Don Giovanni uh, that some guests had arrived. And so I just had, would say, during rehearsals, I would say, the guests have arrived. And he'd say, yeah, bring them in, whatever. And finally, we were on opening night, and I went up to him, and I said, your zipper's down. And he looked at me. <laughs> I just <laughs> took off. I went the other direction. So backstage, he came up to me. I thought he was going to hit me. But he laughed and said, "That you got me. That was funny. So that was cool. Well played. What about you, Steve? Oh, gosh. Um Usually it's just chatting everybody up, um, seeing, uh, it, it, you know, operas for me with these folks are like a costume party with a lot of, uh, with a, a handful of friends. And, and, and sometimes someone shows up covered with blood and sometimes bad things <laughs> happen, but it is, it really becomes a, a costume party for a, a for the for all of all us, us. Yeah. right right it's it's lots of fun and you just we're in a bubble for a, for a while for a couple hours and it's pretty magical because uh, we all show up one of my favorite things is standing on stage at opening scene when we're on stage and the curtain rises the thrill of that as the light changes color and you know any second here comes the curtain and all the people showed up. I think that's one of the things I love about it because so rarely does that occur in life. Sure. Everybody shows up and plays the part they're supposed to and creates magic. Because we are called the Ghost Light Podcast and there's the lore of haunted theaters and such, we always ask if you have a ghost story to share. If you've ever seen a ghost, tell us all about it or a paranormal experience of some kind. Uh, we had a uh, poltergeist in my house. Oh. Yes. When, uh, this is Steve. I was, when Steve. I was a teenager. Okay. So Please tell details. Was, um, uh, there was um, several, it was a very old house um, built up around 1908. And um, uh, I, I'm, I'm one of uh, nine large Roman Catholic family. And we had uh, uh, just noises in, in the night for a period there for about uh, about a month mm -hmm. that we'd have yeah things crash and things get knocked over and um, unexplained you know uh, uh, things uh, books would fall off shell off bookshelves and things like that and and it was a true poltergeist there for about about a month. Um, but it was it was a very it when very freaky for for you when you're going through it you you're like like oh my gosh do you and your siblings happening? talk about this much we, or we, yeah. we do it's it, it's I think it's we think it's kind of amusing now but I, 
Unless you were that ghost, Dominic, I'm, I'm wondering if you can top that story. I don't think I can top that story. No, I can't. The closest I came to any sort of paranormal activity at Capitol Theater was one night Carol came coming down the hallway saying, did you hear that? And we were like, hear what? And she's like, the ghost oh, yeah. it was here. And we're like, where? Do you remember? I don't. Gosh, oh. maybe he, I blanked it out. We're talking oh, about okay. George, of George. course. He is the most famous Ghostlight Podcast ghost. Right. That's when I learned that there is a ghost at Capitol. He's frequently mentioned mm-hmm. on our podcast, but wow, I don't remember that. I might have blocked it out maybe out of fear. Busy. I mean, you were, <laughs> we're probably in rehearsal. I don't think it was during a show or maybe right before a show. Could I'm it be, like, Carol, that you've seen George so many times that like, the oh, individual <laughs> instances aren't all that memorable? <laughs> no. Well, it's been so great to talk to both of you. This is another side of opera that people don't know much about. I certainly learned a lot today. This was really, really fascinating. Yeah, guys, we just, we couldn't do it without you. I know you do it for the love of the art, and we're so grateful for you to be on the show and also for you to be a part of Utah Opera Productions. Thanks for joining us on the Ghostlight Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. The Ghostlight Podcast is produced and edited by Robert Bedont. Be sure to visit utahsymphony.org and utahopera.org for more information on upcoming performances. If you're not already a seasoned subscriber, click on the tickets button to learn more about the benefits of being a part of our family of music lovers. The Utah Symphony and Utah Opera season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation. <laughs>